Ben went off before. I actually don't think I need to preach. So let me just uh, see if I can take control here so I can give Pastor Scott a, a break. Um, how are we? Yep. Thumbs up. Good. If you're visiting here tonight, welcome. Um, we're not always this crazy, just most of the time. Um, all right, I don't think it's going to work. Scotty, I think you are going to have to drive for me, please. Um, everyone knows Beyonce, right? Beyonce, Crazy Love and whatever else. Everyone knows Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay, I think we've got a small vid here. You got that first vid, mate? awesome. <laughs> I absolutely lost it when I saw that. Um, I'm just going to get my little mini props here ready. All right. Um, Lord Jesus, you are awesome. We love you. And tonight, I just pray that we can um, hear from you through um, what I'm about to bring, Lord, but I just pray that it glorifies you alone. May the words that I speak not be about me but bring you glory, and uh, Father, may we be all blessed through them in Jesus' name. Oh, it's come up. I think I can drive. Give to God what is God's. Mark twelve thirteen to 17. Later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favourites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. Now you've likely heard... um, before that this um, Jesus is talking about authority and that is true and he's talking about uh, the importance of falling under authority particularly government authority and giving due course to the government by paying taxes that pays for the police and the police pension and those sorts of things but I'm going to take a bit of a different approach tonight so he's talking about a denarius there And so a denarius was essentially a small Roman coin and it was equal to a day's wage for a labourer and it had uh, um, 
Caesar's head on one side and a picture uh, of a um, lady on the other side who was, who was another god. But the inscription read, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of the divine Augustus, and on the reverse side of the coin it said chief priest. So essentially what that means is he was claiming to be God, essentially. So um, every ruler in, in um, those times, no matter who they were, would essentially get their money minted into their own image. Not too much different to what we have today, right? So we've got a five-buck note. We've got Queen Lizzie on here. We all know that right from history class. Okay, great. Um, the problem, the, the, the thing that they were trying to trap Jesus with is where was the money supposed to go? If it was to go to the Jews, then the Romans would be put offside. And if it was to go to the Romans, then the Jews would be put offside. And so we um, find that they were trying to trap Jesus either way, and he was really smart by deflecting it back to them. My question tonight is, what are you giving to Caesar? What are you, what are you giving to the world? Now, the world... <clears throat> we're in the world, not of it. You've heard that term, right? 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Obviously, the evil one being, being Satan. John 12.31 calls Satan the ruler of the world. And now there are t- nearly 20 different names for the devil. Um, the, the root word is diabolos, which means slander, slanderer. Um, so in the boys' life group this year, we started the year um, and we've continued on talking about the meaning of names. In Jewish times, Jewish custom was your name was associated with who you were, uh, where you came from, your character, your traits, and it essentially defined who you were. And so in relation to the devil, we could say that his background, and these are some of the names that he's called adversarer, adversary, sorry, accuser or attempter, his looks were a dragon or a serpent. His characteristics are a liar, a murderer and a, a ruler. And his activities are an accuser and a tempter. Now, um, I'll be a little bit brutally honest here and, and say, I've had a rough few days, not so much the back end of the week, but early on in the week. I haven't treated uh, my family well. Um, I haven't treated the people around me well. Um, I've been... Well, you could probably call me a big grump, really. Um, you shush, clean your room. Um, <laughs> but what, why I bring that up is because I start... It's funny when, you, when you're kind of up here with a microphone and you're, and you're kind of studying for messages and so forth. It's okay to talk to people about stuff, but when the stuff means something to you, then it doesn't become okay, it becomes hard. So I've start, I started to believe the lies that I was being told in my mind. First of all, that no one would turn up. Well, not first of all, but that was one of them. Second of all, that I don't deserve being to be up here. 
another one was <clears throat> got nothing worthwhile to say anyway. Um, uh, another one was why are you even alive? You guys know these sorts of things. So I don't need to kind of elaborate, but you guys, I know, have all been in there where there's been, in one shape, form or another, lies that you, you have been told that have simply come from the enemy. But I want to reiterate something for you guys that God reminded me, that kind of gave me a bit of comfort, <clears throat> is that we are made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 to 27, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So essentially that means that we have a relationship with our almighty creator, and the beauty about that is he wants a relationship with you. Now, I know most of you guys know this, but knowing and believing are two different things. Um, I haven't, I've never had a great relationship with my dad. Um, I haven't seen my dad since I was about eight years old. And the last time I saw my dad was on a custody visit. He had took me to a park. My brother was kind of really little then, and so it was just me and him. And we hung out, dropped me home, and him and mum had a fight at the front door. And I did not, uh, in my infinite wisdom, know that I would never see him again. And uh, as I said, I was about seven or eight, so I'd be, I'd be to- I would have been Toby's age. And I remember one conversation that my dad had with me at the kitchen table while my mum was out remembering I was only young, who would you rather live with, me or your mother? Now, I had enough trouble trying to pick the favourite colour of crayon. Not a real great question to ask a, um, a young fella. But I bring that up because that gave me a picture of what a dad was. And so for a long time, I went through life not really knowing who dad was, not really understanding who, what it was to be a dad. Um, I have the amazing blessing of being one now, of course, as you know. But uh, I was only at the healing rooms um, a couple of weeks ago and uh, I was there because I needed prayer for, uh, or I wanted prayer for a, a something I went there for. And anyway, God in his infinite wisdom decided that um, I would talk about my dad. And I had to go through a process of forgiving my dad and um, um, getting to a point where I was able to forgive him and um, hope that he would be proud of me. I'll stop there. So essentially, my view of God was one of um, not understanding who he was because I didn't really have a dad. 
Psalm 139. It's a little bit long, but follow me along. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. Your place of, you place your hand of blessing upon my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around to become my night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me even before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. That gives me hope to know that there is a real dad in heaven who gets to the core of who I am because he knows who I am better than I know myself. And no matter what I go through, no matter what anxiety, no matter what depression, no matter what worthlessness, no matter what loneliness, no matter what joy, no matter what peace, patience, kindness I go through, He knows me better than I know myself and he knows you better than you know yourself. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord? I want you to know tonight that God loves you. And he's proud. Despite what the prince of the world, any person, any hashtag or any selfie will tell you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, when I think of a masterpiece, I think of a painting automatically. I'm no artist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm stick figures and whatever else. But a masterpiece, by definition, is someone's greatest work. Now, I'm sure you guys have been here when Pastor Bruce has got up and preached and he uses um, a letter to, to name certain things. You know, um, S for salvation, sacrifice, and soccer. Uh, today, or tonight, I want to use P, proud. God is proud. When someone, when, when an artist does a painting, they want it on display. 
It's precious to them. It's unique, one of a kind. And it's also priceless. That's where its value comes from. There's a painting, Rembrandt painting. He painted that when he was in poverty. It's hanging in a museum in London at the moment. I tried to be really clever and find a value for it, but I couldn't. We're going to get back to that painting in a sec. Andy Stanley, you guys may have heard of him. He's one of my heroes of the faith. He says, you are the product of God's vision. God has decided what you could be and should be. God has prepared something specific for us to do. His vision is what you are made for. So one of my questions tonight is, what are you made for? Are you to preach? Are you to teach? Are you to disciple? Are you to mentor? Are you to be a parent? Are you to be a pastor? Are you to be a policeman? What are you designed for? One thing about Christianity is it doesn't stop at conversion. God's desire is none that, is, that none should perish. But are, are you perishing under the weight of the lies being spoken over you? Are you waking up every morning thanking God or despising the fact that you're alive? You are his most prized possession. You've got to start believing it. Because if you don't believe it, then you're assuming that God is a forger and you are his forgery. If you're a forgery, you're a fake. And that means that he makes mistakes. Therefore, he's not perfect. Therefore, he's not God. Romans eight thirty one to 38. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. We've got the painting back. A painting is uh, the raising of Lazarus. We know the story. Uh, Lazarus was dead for four days. And uh, it was was custom back then to leave the body lying at least for two to three days to make sure the body was dead because the smell would have been horrific. Spent any time 
with Brendan in the bathroom. You kind of understand what that means. But uh, essentially, Lazarus, when, Lazarus and when, 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 the, when um, Jews um, would die, they would be wrapped like a mummy. You've probably seen the, the mummy movie. So all tight and wound up. Uh, and the spices will be placed upon the body to help with the stench. But something happened, and we know this is a miracle, is that Lazarus was raised from the dead. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, we couldn't get the video to work tonight, but... Um, you guys all know I'm a Star Wars fan, right? I have to have a Star Wars analogy in there. I could imagine it's probably like in Empire Strikes Back where Yoda raises the X-Wing up from the lake. Luke's amazed. And then, he, and then he's sitting there with Yoda and essentially Yoda goes... Do or do not, there is no try. Do or do not, there is no try. I don't know. You get what I mean, right? My question tonight, again, another one. Is it time to get out of your grave clothes? Is it time to stand up, start believing in who you were designed to be, remembering that God, you, you, and knit you in your mother's womb. I want to say this. Jesus died for resurrection, not resuscitation. Get out of your grave clothes. There is one way to debunk Christianity in three seconds. Many people have tried it for many, many, many years. There is still only... There's one way, and it will stop me believing in, Christian, in Christianity, and I will just go with the world. And that is find a body. Find Jesus' body. He is the only prophet that spoke of dying and raising to life and actually pulled it off. Because if Jesus didn't resurrect, then he still just remains a dead prophet like all the others. So tonight, Brendan brought a word before which was, which was spot on. It's coming. What's, what needs resurrecting? What's been dead, lying in a grave? What's been covered up? What's been tightly wound that needs resurrecting? time to give to God what is his and that's you his vision for you is yours his vision for me is mine it's different to Brennan's, it's different to Talitha's it's different to Alex's it's different to David's I've had the privilege of being in uh, a couple of times in Sri Lanka. Um, it's been an awesome, awesome time going again, back again in October. <clears throat> but before you go, 
Um, actually, while you get there, you need to take money with you to spend money, right? This is essentially worthless as it is in a, in a, in a nominated country. It's, we know it as currency conversion, and it's a process of one form of currency into the, another, into a country's usable currency. And based on exchange rates, a person may receive less or more value based on the currency that is converted. Jesus' death on the cross was a conversion. Your value rose exponentially to become priceless. Remember I had the old $5 bill with the image on it? What happens when we get saved by Jesus and live in resurrection power is we become a new creation. You guys know that. We have a new image. Same value, just a new image. New design. Whose image is on you? Is the image on you the world or is it Jesus? That's all I really got tonight. But I'm, I'm happy to pray for anyone that needs prayer. Um, Scotty, do we have that video ready to go? Yep. Okay, so we've got, we're gonna, um, we've got another song. Michael's voice is a bit rough, so we, we can't actually um, have the band come up and sing it. But it is um, song Resurrecting King. And it's on, um, the words are going to be up on the screen. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, just pretend you're at home in your room singing worship music. <laughs> but I want you this week to focus on whose image is on you. What are you going to believe, who are you going to believe, and why are you going to believe it? Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks to Pastor Scott for the opportunity. And uh, again, happy to pray for anyone that um, needs prayer. So come on, why don't we stand together and, and worship Again, if you need some prayer, the altar's open and someone who loves you will come and pray with you. So why don't you come on down?